to his family, his companions, and all those who call to his way and establish his sunnah to the day of judgment. As to what follows, I begin by reminding myself and you of the critical importance of taqwallah, of the consciousness of Allah, that we fear Allah and we hope in the mercy of Allah. And that becomes a type of wiqaya, a type of shield to surround us not only in the masjid, but outside in our worldly affairs. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed his mighty book in a way that would be of critical importance for humanity to the day of judgment. And Allah has revealed in Surah Al-Hasha, O you who believe, have the consciousness of Allah, and let every soul look to what it put forward for tomorrow and fear Allah. Surely Allah is well aware of all that you do, and be not as those who forgot Allah. So he made them forget themselves. Surely they are the disobedient ones. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this divine revelation has brought together the consciousness of awareness of his presence, subhana, and time. And time is a critical element in our existence, our earthly existence, in the existence of the universe. And time now, in the world that we are living in, has become a critical part of our discussions. It's on everybody's lips. People, especially in the Muslim world, but now much of the rest of the world, are speaking about time in the sense that we look at what is happening in Philistine. We look at Gaza. And so time comes in our mind. And we ask, the innocent people ask, how long will this slaughter continue? How long will the insults, the exile, the forced displacement, the genocide, the ethnic cleansing, how long will it continue right in front of our eyes? The ICJ, International Court of Justice, made a decision showing clearly that what is happening is wrong. What is happening is, should be stopped. But people on the ground Although this is a very positive decision in terms of pressure applying to the, to the colonial states, but the people on the ground are still crying out. Meta Nasrullah. When will the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala come? Time is on the lips of children, the lips of students. When will the international community respond? When will people of consciousness come? And some are now even asking, is this the end of time? Have we reached the doors of Qiyamah? Some are even asking, is this the time of the Mahdi? Is this the time of the promised one, the guided one who is destined to lead the Muslim world? And so time becomes a crucial point 
And some in desperation are saying, are we in the time of Dajjal? Are we literally in the time of the Antichrist? Oh, you who believe, the Muslim world has seen genocide before. We have seen mass slaughter. We have seen famines. We have seen destruction of our city. But what is unique in our present situation is that we have never seen this in real time. The world has never seen this in real time. The oppressors have succeeded over the centuries in covering up their crimes. Now we are watching their crimes every moment, hearing the screams of the children, seeing the destruction of the land, but yet contradictions. Something else comes over the media. And the contradictions come clearer and clearer. And we ask, where is the United Nations? Where is the international rules-based order? Where is justice? Where is democracy? It is a clear double standard that there is democracy and justice for some, but for others, it is the law of the jungle, Qanun al-Ghaba. This contradiction is clearer and clearer, and we are recognizing that something is befogging the minds of people, confusing us. The Prophet ﷺ did not speak from himself. He spoke with knowledge from above seven heavens. Abu Huraira reports that Rasulullah has, has informed us, Yakunu fi akhir zaman dajjalun kathabun. Yatunukum fil ahadith bimalam tasma'u antum wala aba'ukum. Fa iyakum wa iyahum la yudilunakum wala yuhtinunakum. In this authentic tradition, the Prophet has told us they will come near the end of time. False prophets, antichrists, great liars, and they will come to you with a type of speech that neither you nor your parents have ever heard of before. Beware of them. Beware that they take you astray. Beware that they put you into a fitna. And a fitna is a trial, it's a tribulation. It's a confusion. It's a gray area. You don't know which way to go, to the right or to the left. And Sadaqa Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this time has come to pass. But for the messenger, peace be upon him, he had the task of setting an example for us. And so when we are in critical situations like this, we look to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa In the sixth year of the prophethood in Mecca, and we need to study the Meccan period. We think that the Meccan period was just a waste of time. No. The Meccan period was formation, foundations, purge, cleaning out of the wrong qualities. And in the sixth year after the prophethood, 
the torture, repression, exile, and killing had gone to an extreme level. An extreme level is like the companions might be wiped out. And it is reported that the Prophet ﷺ raised his hands. That's how serious it was. He raised his hands. And he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, Oh Allah, give strength to Islam through either of the two Umars that you love. And that was Umar ibn al-Khattab or Abu Jahl, Amr ibn Hisham. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded. This was a pivotal moment. It was a pivotal moment. Muslims felt like mustadafi. We felt like although we had people, we needed leadership. And so the Prophet ﷺ, in a strategic dua, asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a strong leader. And Allah answered with Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu a person who was feared by the Muslims, a person who drank alcohol, who killed, who slaughtered his own daughter. You would never think that he was be a Muslim. But Allah opened up his heart and he became one of the greatest leaders in Islamic history. What was it about Umar? What was it? What are the qualities of Umar ibn Khattab? Because we need to understand this at this very moment that we are living through right now. He was courageous, but he was balanced. He was just. He was strong against the enemies. And he was humble with his own people. And Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anh, one of the great companions who was from Yemen, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen the people of Yemen. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anh, he reports Umar's submission to Islam was a conquest. His migration was a victory. His rule was a blessing. I have never seen, I have seen when we were unable to pray around the Kaaba and then Omar came and he confronted them. He struggled against them. He taught the pagans that Muslims were different than what they thought. And we prayed around the Kaaba like we never prayed before. What does Omar represent? He represents not only a strong leader, one who even the shaitan, the evil jinns, when walking down a street, an alleyway, most people, the jinns will come. But when Omar went down an alleyway, the evil jinn would run away the other direction. But what did he represent? Omar represents a new order. He changed the order of things for the believers. He organized the Muslims. And this is critical. 
because we need to, to, to change from a ragtag army, a chaotic group, into an organized force. Sometimes it is good to be unorganized because when the enemy strikes you, they don't know who the leader is. But that has to end. And Omar radiallahu anh, he established administration for the Muslims. He established ministries. He created the office of Qadi, the office of, of, of the judge to administer justice to the Muslims. He confronted the oppression in an organized fashion. And so garrison cities were developed where the Muslim soldiers, there's all this emotion that is out there. The Muslim soldiers went into garrison places. The most famous of these garrison cities was Fustat, which later became known as Al-Qahira, Cairo, Kufa, Basra, organized places for the Muslims. And it is crucial for us to try to understand this concept right now. We have huge demonstrations. Hundreds and thousands of people marching on the street, and that is important. But the question comes, what happens to our energy after the demonstration? We need to be organized. We need to think in terms of collective strength on all different levels within our societies. And that means we need to organize our boycotts. Those things that we boycott need to be targeted to bring results. Organize relief. We need to organize our pressure on our governments. Right here in Canada, we need to organize pressure on the governments, even our votes, which might sound strange. But even if Muslims were a collective voting body, we could punish politicians who lie and say one thing with one tongue and another thing with another. And so organization is critical. Because the Prophet ﷺ said the time would come when we would be ghutha sail, we would be like foam on the water. It has no roots, no foundation. But when we become organized, it changes everything. Umar also did something which is very important move. He empowered Muslim women. And we today have many Muslim women who are very capable, who have excellent understandings and should be in leadership positions. Umar made Shifa Abdullah radiallahu anha, one of the companions, female companions of the Prophet He made her muhtasiba. Uh, he made her the quality control manager of the marketplace. This is a serious position. It's like a sort of mini minister of the economy. He made a woman, a sister, to be in charge of the economy. Umar also established justice, even on himself. He began with himself. And he was not the kind of leader who enforced justice on others and not on himself.
So he began with himself. And that is the type of leadership that we need today. To go from a ragtag group of Bedouins and then some organization under Rasulullah it's coming together now. But when Omar organized the Muslims, we changed into becoming the second most powerful empire on earth at that time. From unorganized people in the Arabian Peninsula to the second most powerful, more powerful than the Persians, more powerful than the Ethiopians, more powerful than the Romans, a major achievement that we need to think about today on all levels. We think on our level as individuals with our families, with our masajid, with our people, but there's other levels, higher levels that need to think about this. The power of the Muslim world right now needs to be brought together to bring forward with justice because words are not going to change anything. Omar also made a very important move, and that was he changed the thinking of the Muslims. The way we structure time. Remember how important time is. He structured time. He sat with the great companions to decide how should we measure time. The solar calendar is there. The Romans have a calendar. Ethiopians have a calendar. Greeks, Persians. How should we measure time? And so they came up with the idea of the Hijri calendar. After the Hijrah, that when the Muslims became together as a collective, then time really begins. And so he freed the minds of Muslims out of following the culture of other people. Because if our bodies are free, but our mind is not free, then we're still slaves. Omar, Omar set a new order for the Muslim thinking. This is not the first month of the year for us. They say new, happy New Year's. Even for the Christians or the Jews or, or the solar worshippers, it's not the first month of the year. They have been tricked. And we have been tricked along with them. Because if you look at their calendar, go to their calendar in Latin, October, Octagon, it's the eighth month of the year. November is the ninth month, count in Latin. December is the tenth month of the year. And January is the eleventh. February is the twelfth. The solar calendar begins in March. It's a trick. Remember what the Prophet ﷺ said, they will come to you with a type of speech. They will twist your minds around like we've never seen before. It's not the, the first month of the year. This is the 15th of Rajab. We're in Rajab now, 1446. And we have to start thinking like this to change our minds, to change the way we do things. The order of the world has to change. The economic system of the world has to change. A new rules-based order has to come out 
from the masses of the people around the world who have been oppressed by the colonial powers. It's an illusion. We live in an illusion. And Omar broke the illusion. Now, after the struggle in Philistine, the illusion is now getting foggier and clearer and clearer and clearer in front of everybody's eyes that this world has to change and it begins with us. Each individual, as we cry for change, as we cry for a new world, Allah told us, Allah will not change the condition of a people until they change that which is in themselves. And remember that if we cannot do this as the babies are crying out in Gaza, if we cannot do this, Allah told us, He will replace us. And Allah told us in Surah Muhammad verse 38, If you turn back, Allah will exchange you for another people. And they will not be like you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us that ability to change our own thinking. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us and the ummah the ability to change the course of history. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raise up an ummah in the Muslim world. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give our leadership balance and give it courage and give it justice. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on the innocent women and children in Gaza and Philistine. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon the men in, in, in Philistine, the men in suffering around the Muslim world. May Allah help the Muslims in the Sudan, help the Muslims in the drought of Somalia, help the Muslims in Kashmir, help the Rohingya Muslims. We need to change the order of our lives. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us this tawfiq, that at least we can live and die with kalima la ilaha illallah. Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li sa'iri muslimin min kulli dhanbin astaghfiru innahu huwa ghafurur rahim Alhamdulillah al-wahid al-ahad al-fard al-samad al-ladhi lam yalad wa lam yulad ولم يكن له كفوا أحد وأصلي وأسلم على سيد الأولين والآخرين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين وبعد يا عباد الله اتقوا الله حيثما كنتم ويقول الحق سبحانه مخبرا وآمرا إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ورد الله على الخلفاء الراشدين أبو بكر عمر عثمان وعلي وأنا برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنحتري لولا أن هدانا الله ربنا لا تزيق قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم ألف بين قلوبنا واصلح ذات بيننا واهدنا سبل السلام ونجنا من الظلمات إلى 